welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Today's episode is sponsored by the Adventure Challenge, because sometimes coming up with an activity for the entire family can be daunting. It's nice to have a go-to option for getting everyone together and just doing a thing. The Adventure Challenge is that thing. You open the book, pick a mystery adventure, scratch it off to reveal what you'll be doing, and have some fun with the whole family. Then you fill in the book, add photos, and it becomes a keepsake. It's a fun thing to have on hand. Visit theadventurechallenge.com and use promo code KIDSTORIES for a discount. Now on to some shout-outs. Liam Harrow from Orange, California shared an awesome drawing of Master Momo. I think if Liam had a magic wand, he would use it to fight gloops with his dad. Good luck with those gloop battles, Liam. Ella from Washington, D.C. is six years old, and she loves Tatiana, Tree Beasts, and Cave Trolls. Ella shared some awesome drawings. I think if Ella had a magic wand, she would use it to help Tatiana battle the bad Cave Trolls. Thanks for listening, Ella. Julia and James live in the Netherlands, and they listen to the stories nearly every day. I bet you two would use magic wands to make Steve the Goblin King appear out of nowhere so the three of you could have fun playing together. Thanks for listening, you two. Hudson and Weston Tucker like the show, and I think if they had magic wands, they would use them to turn themselves so big, as big as houses, and you'd stomp all around your town. Thanks for listening, Hudson and Weston. Today's episode is titled, The Missing Magic Wands. It was another sunny day at the Academy. Some kids were training outdoors to improve their ninja skills or their tracking or archery. Some students were inside the large Academy building in classes, learning reading, writing, math, potions, spells. Daisy and Brinley were outdoors practicing their dancing, which was their specialty. The two were singing and dancing in perfect time with each other. Their dancing was so magically strong that whatever they sang while they danced came true. It was a magical power that no one else on the island had. Chewie, everyone's favorite dog at the academy, came running out to the girls with something in his mouth. Before he even reached them, the girls knew what it was. Chewie was often used as a messenger. So when a professor needed some students, they would give Chewie a note and he would deliver the message. Chewie, said Daisy, and the two girls knelt down to give Chewie some pets. Chewie dropped the paper note on the ground and rolled onto his back to get some belly rubs. Brinley opened the note and saw it was from Professor Pilsen. Daisy and Brinley, please report to Professor Pilsen's office right away, read Brinley. Okay then, said Daisy. Let's go. And the two girls ran into the academy with Chewie at their heels. Professor Pilsen was writing at his desk, and the girls sat down without saying a word. Shortly, Pilsen looked up and, with his usual straight face, said, Thank you for coming right away, girls. There is an important mission that requires your attention. Daisy and Brinley were so excited they could scream. They had never been on a mission of their own. But they played it cool and continued listening calmly. Three boxes of magic wands were recently stolen from a traveling merchant, said Pilsen. We don't know who attacked their trading wagon. It could have been bandits, or cave trolls, or something else entirely. I need you three to go and investigate, and if possible, return the magic wands. 
What do you mean, us three? asked Brindley. Chewie will be joining you, of course, said Pilsen, gesturing to Chewie, who had followed the girls into the office and was sitting at attention right next to them. Was anything else stolen? asked Daisy. Yes, an entire wagon load of goods were stolen, but you only need to be concerned with the magic wands. Everything else is replaceable, but the magic wands must be found, answered Pilsen. Professor Pilsen reached over his desk and handed the girls a map with some writing on it. I have circled on the map the last known location of the trader's wagon. This would be a good place for you to start your investigation, said Pilsen. The girls briefly studied the map while sitting in their chairs. Oh, I know where this is, said Daisy. Uh, let's go get ready. Right, said Brinley, and we'll leave right away. See you, Professor Pilsen. Come on, Chewie. The girls and Chewie ran out of Pilsen's office. They grabbed their adventure bags from their rooms and set off on their journey. Their route was simple. They needed to take a dusty road through a small town, and shortly after that was where the trading wagon was attacked and robbed by someone or something. That part they didn't know. A few hours into their journey, they came upon the little village and decided to stop for a snack. There was only one place open to eat in this little town, a quaint coffee shop called Hooper's. The girls left Chewie outside laying down in front of the restaurant, and he was happy to get some rest. Daisy and Brinley soon realized that there was really only one thing on the menu, something called a goofball. The man standing behind the counter asked, Hello there, what'll it be? I'm not sure, said Daisy. I don't know what a goofball is. Oh, sure, said the man. First timers, I see. Well, a goofball is a delicious sweet treat filled with good things. And we have a new strawberry goofball I think you should try. It's a strawberry rolled in sugar, dipped in chocolate, rolled in strawberry sprinkles, dipped in melted marshmallow, rolled in strawberry sprinkles, dipped in chocolate, dipped in strawberry smoothie, dipped in chocolate, and then shoved inside of a giant strawberry-flavored marshmallow. For a moment, the girls were speechless. Never before had they heard of such an amazing dessert. I can tell by the looks on your faces that's a yes, said the man. Two strawberry goofballs coming right up. The girls slowly ate the strawberry goofballs, savoring every sweet bite. They finished their treat, thanked the chef, and continued down the small dirt road. A while later, they came to the place marked on the map. It was kind of in the middle of nowhere. The girls looked around and saw a countryside. Trees, grasses, open prairie, a small forest nearby. Not much, really. Every student of the academy is well-trained in tracking. They practice the ability to look for clues and notice things that the average person would overlook. Daisy and Brinley began using their tracking skills. They looked very carefully all around the road for clues. A while later, they discovered the debris of a broken wagon, and they noticed footprints leading into the small forest. The girls followed the tracks into the forest all the way to a hidden cave entrance. Daisy and Brinley each lit a torch and entered the cave, which led them down underground, where the tunnels grew wide. Wow, this hidden cave system is actually huge, said Daisy. Totally, agreed Brinley. Who knows how many twisting tunnels there are down here. Let's try to find those stolen wands and get out of here. They tried to be as quiet as possible, stepping lightly and whispering. Soon their tracking led them to a dark, narrow tunnel 
and there was a faint light at the end. Brinley led the way, with Daisy and Chewie following close behind. About halfway down the tunnel, they heard the sound. The unmistakable sound of cave spiders, the tips of their long pointy legs tapping and scraping on the stone of the caves. These cave spiders were above them, hiding in the shadows. They slid down the sides of the tunnel, suspended by their webs. Run! yelled Brinley. Brinley and Daisy then began running toward the faint light they saw ahead. Chewie was barking frantically and growling. They could hear the spiders right next to them and catching up from behind. Well, they couldn't tell how many spiders there were, and they knew they couldn't fight them here in this dark, tight tunnel. They reached the end of the tunnel before the cave spiders grabbed them. Both girls fell forward toward the light. They fell into a larger room, kicking up dust from the floor as they stumbled forward, doing everything they could to avoid being bitten or scratched by one of the huge spiders. Chewie was barking and snapping at the spiders, keeping them from getting too close to the girls. The girls pulled out small swords from their belts and held them out along with their torches. Now, they were not used to using their swords, but they were snuck up on, and they didn't have time to begin their magic dancing. They were panicked and focused only on defending themselves. Slowly, as the girls backed away with their swords held out, four spiders with glowing red eyes crept out of the dark tunnel. Each spider was as big as one of the girls. Just as Brinley leaped forward to strike, a blur came rushing in from the side. Well, the girls did not have time to survey the room after they stumbled in. Everything was happening so fast, and they didn't notice that someone or something was already in there. Brinley turned to face this new threat, but instead of attacking her, it crashed into the cave spiders. It blasted right into them like a cannonball. The spiders scattered, and the creature stood. In the second before the creature attacked again, the girls saw that this was a cave troll. But not a full-size cave troll. It was much smaller. It looked like a, a kid version of a cave troll. This cave troll lifted a giant club above his head and smashed it down upon the cave spiders one by one. The spiders slashed at the troll with their pointy claws, but it had little effect. The cave spiders shrieked and stumbled off back into the darkness of the tunnel, limping and injured. The cave troll turned to the girls. Daisy and Brinley thought it was going to start attacking them next. They kept their swords out in front of themselves, ready to fight. Chewie remained in front of the girls, growling low at this troll. Are you lost? asked the troll. Um, what? asked Daisy. She was a bit surprised since cave trolls don't really talk. Usually they just yell and growl. Are you lost? repeated the troll. Not many people end up wandering down in these caves unless they're lost. Well, no, not really, answered Daisy. We're looking for something that was stolen from a trader's wagon recently. Our tracking led us here to this cave. Oh, right. That's probably the other trolls at the back of the cave, said the troll. They're always up to no good. Do you get up to no good with them? asked Daisy, thinking maybe he was one of the thieves who stole the magic wands. Oh, no, not me. I'm not into all that, said the troll. That's why I live here, and they live further back in a different part of the cave. Then why do you live in this cave with them at all? asked Brinley. Well, I can't very well live out there with you all, can I? said the troll. 
Humans would either run away from me or attack me. Daisy and Brinley agreed this was probably true. They had never met a cave troll like this one. One who could talk kindly and wouldn't just attack them like big green bandits. They had never even heard of a nice troll. As far as they knew, this was the only intelligent cave troll in the entire valley. What's your name? asked Daisy. The young troll paused and looked thoughtful for a moment. My name? Well, uh, not all cave trolls have names. The others just call me Stinker. Not because that's my name, but because they don't like me so much. How about Valentino, said Brinley. I've always liked the name Valentino. You mean, how about I just call myself Valentino? Like, just give myself a name just like that? Asked the young troll. Yep, just like that, said Daisy. Unless you want us to keep calling you Stinker. The young troll had not considered that the girls would continue calling him anything. He figured they would just be on their way, happy to never talk to him again. But here they stood, asking him about his name and seeming interested in his life. The young troll figured that if he was going to talk to people, then it would make sense for him to have a name. Well, yes, Valentino. I like the sound of it, too, said Valentino. Okay, then, Valentino. We're going to find those other trolls who stole some stuff, and we're going to take some of it back, said Daisy. Do you want to come? In all his life, Valentino had never been asked, Do you want to come? By anyone. No one had ever really wanted him to go along. So, naturally, he got a bit excited. Well, if, we, if we're going to get your things back, began Valentino, we're going to need a plan. And the three began working together, making a plan to get back the stolen wands. The end. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now let's finish with some awesome shout-outs. Emmett, from Halifax, Nova Scotia, enjoys the stories, especially the fart ones. Me too, Emmett. You're awesome. Henry and Ruby from Pennsylvania shared some truly awesome drawings. Thanks so much, you two. You're awesome. Caden submitted a number of fantastic drawings. Those are very cool, Caden. You're awesome. And Josie from DeBerry, Florida. Thanks for your drawing as well, Josie. You're awesome. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings or ideas or whatever to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Find hours and hours of more stories at patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. Adios.